Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Comics Deserve Better podcast, where we cover the world of independence, com- independent comics and independence comics. Why not? And I am one of your hosts, Brian, and with me, as always, the other two parts of the uh, CDB Triforce, Carrie and Darcy. Hello. Hola. And sometimes, you know, Link, the the, uh, the Triforce is not enough, so we have to bring in someone for, for, uh, for an extra large episode like this. So we actually have a special guest, as always, Richard is with us too it might be dangerous out there so take me <laughs> <laughs> you are cute enough to be our, yes. our take you cat oh can they hear my blushing <laughs> Aww, adorable blushing there, there's some audio file out there that that can tell the difference like oh it's totally red on his face right now <laughs> like i can totally tell by the way that sound the sound beams are bouncing off his face you know we, i was talking to my parents about this particular episode and i was talking about you richard and the first words out of my mouth i'm like he's good looking he's funny he's smart and he's charming and i'm just like, <laughs> I'm like don't do that my head is big enough as it is i won't be able to get it get it out of the door so our main subject today is the uh, Richard Appreciation. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise, this is your life. <laughs> okay. Well, we do have an extra large episode today um, and uh, with a very special uh, main course that is also kind of our DIY corner as well. Um, but, and you probably all know what it is if you've read the name of the episode and i'm not going to spoil it if you didn't you got to go read so let's uh, get this thing started here actually we have news uh first time this entire season that we have news uh very important um image comics um the workers have decided to create a union which is the first really the first ever in comic books i believe i believe so um but it's not the freelancers like the comic artists and writers it's basically their salaried employees Yes. that are trying to unionize first and foremost yeah based on uh like employee rules for our country right. uh, you uh, freelancers can't unionize the way that uh salaried employees can uh so it's sort of a different thing mm-hmm. uh there's a good article uh from io9 that uh, io9 did an interview uh, you can find it on Gizmodo, and uh, they do an interview with the union or the proposed union, and um, uh, you know they say they're totally for supporting um, the freelance workers. You know they they can't work they they can't imp- uh, incorporate the freelance workers into the union because that's not within the laws in America that's just not allowed, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. but they're there to support, you know, they do support the idea of like freelancers, we can form forums and like form guilds. Um, There are things we can do. Like there's a website freelancers, uh, like the freelance union is a website. um, and, And it operates kind of like there's mutual aid services and stuff like that. Like there's stuff we can do, but basically when you're a freelancer, you're a freelancer and that's kind of suck. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. It, it's very similar to the Screen Actors Guild. Um, why why yeah. they have to be a guild instead of a union. Um, exactly. Actors. So um, um, I have a question. Did anybody read the Image Comics Instagram post in regards to this? Yes. 
Yeah. Okay. Can somebody, I read it a certain way, but sometimes I'm a negative person. So can someone else give me their opinion on how that was supposed to be read? I think you, you, negative is the right way to read it. Personally. <laughs> negative is certainly the way I read it. Okay. Um, they kind of went around like the way I'm reading. It's like they're going around the union. They're going around their own employees and going, well, you know, we're going to talk to the big union outside of you know we'll yeah. talk to nlrb mm-hmm. uh you know as as <laughs> it's like talk to your own employees like discuss yeah. with your own exactly yeah and it it, it was is. really talking down to like their own people which is very insulting considering who image is yeah absolutely like what image is supposed to stand for which exactly. is like being here as a small voice for small voices right. mm-hmm. the company that was brought out to stick it to the the big <laughs> the the big guys mm-hmm. shouldn't be yeah. out here trying to uh smother the voices of their employees it's exactly. not a great look exactly yeah, yeah absolutely and, and yeah and there was people that were commenting that, and then there were the, the replies were oh that was the artist not the like the workers but it doesn't matter the like, office every, workers yeah right. quote unquote the yeah. office workers everyone yeah that has be been treated. really insulting yeah everyone needs to be treated the same way it doesn't matter whether the talent or not the talent because everyone has a purpose you know and so. and right. the concept that uh, this really super bothers me as someone who has been an office worker and i think mm-hmm. most people at some point in their life has i identified i don't know it's a weird word in our current culture but I identified, identified as, as an, an office, worker. office worker has at some point filled that you know filled that position but being an office worker at like Amazon and being an office worker at Image, uh, that's not going to be the same job. There is a creativity to being an office worker at something like Image because you're working in editing, Mm -hmm. basically. You're Mm -hmm. doing a creative function at a publishing house when you are an office worker. Like it is so so insulting to pretend that you are not fulfilling a creative function in a comic book. And without those office workers, your comic book is not going to be published. Like it is not just putting together, like we have a DIY corner, you know, we fully support kickstarter not fully fully i've got problems with the fact that they platform you know (laughs) fucking (laughs) comic skaters but you know like we fully support the fact that you can get on there and anybody can put out a comic book that's excellent but you do get better quality work at image for a reason Mm -hmm. and that reason is you've got better quality editing you've got access to better quality printers and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and that comes from those quote-unquote office workers yeah exactly Mm -hmm. and also i mean they're doing the stuff that the creatives what don't want to do or or can't do like you know because you got your accountants you got you know the people kind of balance pr Mm -hmm. pr i mean yeah marketing all of that goes towards towards the final product you know whether or not it's the tangible thing in your hand but something had to pay for it. Somebody had to pay the bills to pay for the electricity to make sure the printer works, all that kind of stuff. You, you know, know who yeah. I feel really bad for in all of this? I mean, obviously, like, as Brian and I work in offices mm-hmm. now, so, yes. you know, like, we get it. But I feel bad for anyone who's temping at Image, mm-hmm. <laughs> who's doing, mm-hmm. like, data entry and clerical, because they're going to be the first ones to go if they're not already mm-hmm. gone. 
Well, that's like in this, um, I, I would say they're probably already gone because this yeah. Gizmodo right. article says like they, because of COVID, like they fired several people, like four, I think it was four people got let go. There's like, they had to like, they're doing more than their fair share of jobs. Okay. Like they're, they're yeah. you know, everybody is doing multiple people's mm-hmm. jobs at this point. Like they're not just unionizing because, you know, what a fun idea let's create a union for the fuck of it yeah. right cool. <laughs> like they're unionizing because they they need to are, they need to like yeah. people don't unionize because there's a really good documentary on netflix called nine to five and it's about the nine to five union mm-hmm. which is what the dolly parton song is based on and what That's the movie is based on that dolly parton That's is good. in watch it it's a great movie mm-hmm. listen <laughs> to the song it's one of the best songs ever written yes um but it like it it lays out how hard it is to create a union like how much struggle you have to go through mm-hmm. like and how much kickback you get from like fellow workers mm-hmm. people around you from your employers so you don't do this for no reason yeah you're getting shit in your office you're getting shit from people around you something's going wrong and they make a really great point in this article like the the person they're talking to I can't remember their name Um, but they're like the thing that people always tell you is you know you're working in an entertainment industry you should enjoy your job it's a fun kind of job it's a fun in industry like you know if people they'll just let you go there's always going to be someone there to replace you because it's you know it's it's comics love it somebody will be there yeah that kind of stuff like it's so insulting Mm -hmm. that just because it's entertainment or just because it's a quote-unquote fun job Mm -hmm. that you can't expect respect as well exactly and and that's kind of what they're there fighting for and entertainment is one of the largest industries in the in the world and so it's like and it's not just the actors it's not just the artists and writers you know it's it's an entire industry and i mean this I feel like what's going on at Image was brought about the fact that the IATSE stuff has mm-hmm. been so public. Mm, yes. And my, I love the IATSE people. I think that what they're doing is awesome. Um, it's, uh, I, I don't know. It's just, it's cool. It sucks for the people that have to be the forefathers or whatever of it because they're the ones who are going to get the brunt of the bullshit but it's really cool to see this ripple to see people saying that yeah like we deserve you know better and i and i really don't believe in this but like um work what's that work-life management whatever that phrase is yeah the work-life yeah i i don't i don't think that can exist but but you know it's nice to see that people can like try to achieve it and get but try to get better wages and better working conditions not because they it's just because people deserve to be respected at work, like you said, yeah. and I and I like that. No, definitely. Um, I I will say this just about the whole union thing. Like, uh, I think we grew up or you know around the same time we're Americans, and boy, is this country anti-union, and there's so much <laughs> yep. anti-union propaganda. Because growing up, I was I thought unions were bad because yeah. like yeah. you watch film, you watch cinema, and it's like oh the union boss is corrupt. I've been a union employee for nine years. I've never really had to make, you know, direct use of the union. But yes, no, you want people in your corner 
that if something comes up, if you're not being treated well, it, you mm -hmm. just want someone that you, you need people that it needs to be their full-time uh, mission to negotiate for you. Like in the capacity of your own regular job, you don't, you can't spend the time reading these contracts, making sure every, you know, T is crossed and I is dotted and you do mm -hmm. need like an infrastructure to protect you. Exactly. So I'm definitely pro-union in this circumstance. And, uh, the comic books industry in in particular, yeah, like should have unions across the board. Like the Hero Initiative is basically GoFundMe, particularly for comic book workers, because yes. it's been a known, you know, an, an open secret for years how effed up that industry is. Absolutely, and to think that like I don't know where do we like 30, 40 years in of uh the, the Heroes Initiative that yes. like what GoFundMe is like this new like uh or new in the last 10 years like oh my god like you could directly help people the comics industry has had to do that for decades yeah so that's, if there's how, any that's industry how they do that retirement needs unionization, right? absolutely if there's yeah. any industry that needs unionization this is it you're in hospitality yeah yes so that yeah that's like the largest union in the country yeah uh unite here uh it's definitely one of them <laughs> yeah I well Sorry. Is it hospitality? Grocery yeah. workers, I right? think, might be the largest. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, I know the hospitality is up there. I'm not sure if it's yeah. the biggest, but it's definitely up yeah, there. Yeah, it's pretty up there. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, and the thing is, is that the the people who have, you know, the the people backing them up is are the businesses. They have the lawyers and everybody, and yeah, and, and they're the ones creating the contracts that people are signing. So yeah, it's like. It just makes sense that there needs to be somebody to advocate at, for anything, mm. you know. Yeah, and no, yes. we were. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say we were sold this dream that you, when you get rich, you get to do what you want, and mm -hmm. it's just that these rich people that are your bosses are going to do what they want. You need yeah, someone exactly. fighting for you on your side to protect you from that. Absolutely. Uh, there was. I, I'm gonna butcher this, but there was like a a, a post uh, on Twitter. Um, earlier today that was like billionaires shouldn't care about losing all their money because you know what if they lose all their money then they can just you know um you know get with their amazing work ethic be able to make all their money back and, <laughs> and all the all the money they lost is going to just trickle back down to them you know because that's how, that's how it works because the so, system works that way that makes yeah. perfect sense <laughs> like so yeah they shouldn't they shouldn't worry about like losing all their money because yeah that's that's what they're trying to tell us that's how, oh, the, yeah, how the world yeah. works yeah so Maybe if we all stopped eating avocado toast, maybe we wouldn't need. You know, That's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, yeah. I mean, like, yes, unions can get corrupt, and like, because they're also another form of a corporation, you know, like in a way. But yeah, police like, union exists, so yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every time I get real pro union, I think about police unions. Yeah. I'm yeah, like, exactly. Exactly. All right. Look at this one. There's always an exception. <laughs> yeah. In this so, one instance, it gets really bad. So, so as long as and like, yeah, like as long as like there's like regulation to the union, like and like, and that there are they are they are like, you know, trying to stand up for their workers' rights. Then, then yeah, awesome. And comics. This is a long time coming. This absolutely comic, comics. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, um, I, I was just telling my father-in-law because he was he was wondering about 
how people were compensated back back in the 30s and 40s not very and well I, and i was like <laughs> no <laughs> they were not compensated that's the problem and i told him about actor be uh, which was like the uh, the golden age retirement fund for, uh. for creators until they you know now it's they've would all be about 120 years old so there that, that doesn't exist anymore but but yeah back, back in the early 2000s you know there there was an initiative to like just like the heroes initiative to, to help these people out yeah. that created your most loved characters and didn't get anything for them got less than a five thousand dollars in a movie ticket you know <laughs> so oh, brutal yeah. no i mean so all you need to know about that industry is the guy who co-created batman like is was buried in a pauper's grave yep with yeah. no marker like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yep, that's exactly. all you need to had know a, like had a villain created after him after they found out after after they announced who he was they still made william hand so yep exactly you know. The, the the black glove willing hand yeah wow um and then and as, as well as you know like when we think of the creator of like the x-men the creator of fantastic four most people think sam lee who by the way was the editor he was like the upper <laughs> echelon you know you don't think about the people that he said hey i'm trying to think of this guy who has like a like spider Fun guy still not paying um, people <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> So, should know better he was down at the bottom at 1.2 yeah, still exactly. not paying people because he yep. bankrupted that company like five times mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's a reason why funky flashman existed when uh, when kirby went over to dc absolutely yeah. so all right well definitely i think we've we've uh definitely shown what our stance is on this situation we're definitely <laughs> yeah. not shocking yeah but it, it's it, it's important news and hopefully it will spread to like the bigger companies and yeah i mean most most comics are done by freelancers like the big companies uh like don't have a lot of salaried employees and that's done on purpose yeah that's true of all publishing anymore like publishing does not have a whole lot of salaried employees in any publishing company it's all like we're gonna contract contract mm-hmm. contract contract so it, it's, it's it would be hard but it's doable I and, worked, and i think it's worth doing yeah absolutely i worked for a publishing company like when we were first married mm. uh, through a temp company they hired me to do foreign contracts mm. and it was a temp job yeah and that and yeah. I thought it was super cool when I was 23, but looking back on it now, I'm like, wow, that's super insane. They should have had somebody way more qualified and way more expensive <laughs> doing that job than a 23-year-old kid. Yeah. Yeah. Working minimum wage, essentially. Yeah. Doing it, too. And having the, 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 um, the lives of, of uh, their, their employees in your hands because you're working on their contracts. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Foreign <laughs> contracts in languages I didn't understand. Exactly. Well, great job there. <laughs> okay well so uh, i was gonna say before we uh get out this new sex I, I just felt that we need to just put it out there so the new proposed union is the cbwu uh, the comic book workers united yes. and anything you could do to help advocate for them retweet somehow we live mm. in a world that matters if you email image write them a letter if that's your thing all that mm. matters yeah so mm. just anything that any way you could lend your voice to helping you know this union get off the ground please do Mm-hmm. And um, 
make sure you're listening to what the union is saying to do at this point they haven't like called for a boycott or anything like that um it's kind of like like with the kellogg strike like at one point people were saying boycott and kellogg's the kellogg's workers were saying we're not saying boycott Mm -hmm. because then they would give us a reason to you know like fire us and that's not what we're looking for uh, so right now, I haven't seen anybody like say boycott or anything like that. So pay attention to what they're saying to do mm-hmm. um, and and go from there. So for the time being, my spotlight is an image comic, by the way. <laughs> but, but <laughs> I just realized that. That's <laughs> <laughs> not because of the company, but it's because of the who created it. It's one of the right. Oh, no. Who <laughs> right the line with the man, everybody. Oh, I'm sorry. Spoiler alert. <laughs> it all comes oh. out right here. <laughs> okay. well, as long as Image isn't firing those employees. Exactly, exactly. Absolutely. So um, I, I need I will, to start talking to him. I'll put, I'll put the Gizmodo um, URL on the uh, show notes as well as mm-hmm. on the website. Um, and so that uh, anyone who wants to read the article and hasn't already can check it out. Okay, so I guess we'll move on to spotlights. Mm. Hmm. Darcy, you want to go first? Oh, I certainly can. Let me move over to where my thing is. Uh, I'm still doing my as free as possible kind of bullshit. <laughs> so I'm back on Webtoons this week with uh, uh, Antnomen. Uh, from Illustrone um, and this is an adults only comic so children leave the chat Uh, it is not it is not I'm closing my eyes (laughs) (laughs) it is not quite uh, hasn't quite made its 18 only promises hasn't lived up to it yet um I think it did one chapter, like there was comments like, oh, I saw you had to change. Like there was a repost. The chapter was posted and taken down real quick and reposted. I think there was some dick scene, uh, <laughs> but it, it was hidden under a like steam cloud. And I was like, I missed it too bad. I was asleep <laughs> during the update or something. Um, but beyond all of this uh the story is uh this during a period one of the many periods when witches were being killed for being witches uh this girl lena her mom dies when she's young and she grows up mainly with her father and then her father dies and this is also a period of course when girls aren't allowed to own things so she's a young woman and her father dies and he leaves the property and her to uh, an abusive church minister. Oh, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) (laughs) Right? So she's betrothed to this church minister, and she's also a witch. Uh, Not, like, super witchy, but, like, she believes in goddesses, and she's definitely not Christian. Uh, She also doesn't like abusive men, so she doesn't really (laughs) want to marry this guy. Uh, So she's sad understandably Uh, and during church days she'll go to church which seems to be every day by this comic it's like she's in church way too much uh which kind of feels like my childhood but whatever we'll move on i was gonna say darcy can you be in church (laughs) too much it sometimes feels like it so she goes to church of the lord too often (laughs) i'm in church right now (laughs) 
so she goes to church and she listens to this abusive motherfucker and he's like and let's pray and she's like goddess please for the love of god let me let me leave so she'll go and she'll be sad at home and then she'll go and she goes to this like secluded place and she sits next to this gargoyle and she's like oh my life it sucks let me tell you about it stone thing and then she'll leave and at night the stone thing becomes not a stone thing because it's an actual gargoyle mm. because this is a series about a sexy gargoyle oh i love um, it yeah so um essentially uh sexy gargoyles are the children of lilith oh and so it's a series about lena and her sexy gargoyle who you don't know he's got no real name because Antinomans are real names and they get stolen by evil priests who take gargoyles or the children of Lilith as slaves. And he was taken as a slave for like a long time by an evil priest dude. Uh, But that dude's like dead now. And so now he's just like trapped on this one piece of land. Mm -hmm. And so it's like him and there's this cute little black cat And Lena, who's trying to get out of being married to this evil, abusive minister, but, you know, like, whatever, probably she'll get out of that because obviously there is sexual tension between Lilith and this gargoyle. So, yeah, it's awesome. I cannot Um, The art is phenomenal. It's somewhat realism grayscale it's just it's gorgeous it's absolutely completely and utterly gorgeous it's not pencils it's you know it's webtoon it's going to be digital but it looks like it's pencils and it's just incredibly gorgeous lena is white you know but grayscale but she's pale yeah and she's got all these freckles and when you really close in you can see them all very clearly and it's very detailed and you go from lena who's probably the palest character to um she calls him rain um and he's kind of like a darker skin character and he's got a lot of texture to him because he's stone a lot of you know like when he's stone he's got texture to him but he's also got like planes kind of to his features because he's mimics stone Mm -hmm. so he's really cool looking and then you move forward there's a guy I can't remember his name right now because I haven't seen him that's not true I saw him just this last chapter just updated last week Iraj maybe yes yes so he's yeah he's he's middle eastern and so he i don't know if he's like real you know this could all be a fake place he is kind of like the darker character so he's got this really you know the darker side of the gray scale tones and so you've got people from every color in between this all in gray scale so you don't have a lot of color you're working with but the detail there between all of that is so incredibly vivid regardless of that the art's so good in this series just because of the detailing I love it I think it's so impressive I'm not huge on sexy series I think it's right now like the only plus 18 series I read which is pretty impressive for webtoons <laughs> because there's so many of them um, but it is ah, the art's just so incredible. I super recommend it. I'm on webtoons right now and I hope they fuck. (laughs) It's really pretty. (laughs) And I want to see that. The art is really dynamic. At the bottom of, 
at the bottom of not every every page but the last couple of episodes maybe the last 10 20 episodes there's been a long um panel yeah (laughs) I got to it (laughs) okay Uh, that's that's kind of from uh Adrian has a has a a book that's like an alternate version of these two characters that's like modern or something because you see glimpses of them uh, and that's definitely 18 plus I think it's maybe like straight up porn is it my cinnamon girl yeah I think something like that yeah but he's got like nipple piercings and whatever it's modern but yeah that's that's fully well on so you see these little clips and it's not you don't see any sex scenes but you see little things that you're like if you could see more this would be sex I'm so it's definitely it's there's enough of it that you're like sexy but not enough of it that it's you know I'm asexual and I am sex neutral to sex (laughs) and it doesn't bother me (laughs) well that's good I'm glad it doesn't bother you um I'm adding this to my Christmas list because I want the (laughs) NSFW one okay (laughs) that's good it looks really cool and ever I got Darcy covering her face. <laughs> <laughs> that made me really happy. Thank you, Darcy. Well, I grew up on the 90s Gargoyles cartoon. and you know, Yes, yeah, same. That's one yeah. of the reasons I yeah. love it. It's sexy Gargoyles. I adore it. Definitely. I was going to ask if the Gargoyles name was Goliath or... No. <laughs> yeah. he, does, he doesn't have a name because yeah, yeah. it got stolen from him. But she calls him Rain. Iraj calls him Rascal. Okay, cool. That- that sounds really cool. And also, you know, I, I, we've had a lot of witches in our last, this season so far. And like yeah. in, in, in our in, in our DOI corner too, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's also a witchy book too when we get to it. So I think we have kind of a theme this season. <laughs> Definitely. Is, is it over? Am I, uh, am I allowed to look and uh, listen now? <laughs> <laughs> I know the adult stuff was happening, so I didn't want to intrude. Wow. No, jokes aside, um, the art for this is incredible. It looks it really, really good. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. If 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 you're not into sexy stuff, I get it. But looking at the art is is well worth it. Uh I think um their Twitter is is uh not safe for work only too. <laughs> Wait, oh. well, I just really appreciate sex positive things. Do I? Where I think that they can be enjoyable for any person. Yeah. You know, should they choose to enjoy it or they would like to enjoy it, I think that's really cool. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm all for fun, sexy sex stuff. And this is this is that, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 keep if you're not into sexy stuff, keep looking because you'll find what you're into. Absolutely. It's absolutely definitely <laughs> in the 18 and under section maybe <laughs> yes please let's not even yeah let's okay. move on from the fact right. that we're differentiated oh, you know, between ages okay all right well um richard uh, do you want to go next on on the spotlight oh absolutely uh, my spotlight today uh i guess me and carrie because great minds <laughs> think alike yeah but yeah there's a new uh win the uh, winchester mystery house comic uh it's by josh warner dustin Irvin, and justin birch 
And um, has have any of you guys been to the Winchester Mystery House? No. I've been, we've been meaning to go because that's that's Carrie and I's bad. Yeah. We love stuff like that. So okay, meaning to go to that. So I have been. Oh, sweet, sweet. You you would love it. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, so basically, this is like a comic based on a on real events. So I don't know. Should I describe the the woods? I'll describe the comic first. So basically, you have a uh, Sarah Winchester. She's a widow. Her uh, her uh, husband ran the uh, Winchester Rifling Company, and she's buying this uh eight bedroom mansion and she's adding on to it and in the book basically she's always veiled she's never unveiled no one gets to see her face but uh and she wears black because she's in mourning her husband passed away and their only child passed away soon after birth so what she's doing is she's building this house but like in super unconventional ways and basically the first issue you just have the uh, workers coming in they're being compensated handsomely but they're all confused because the rooms that she's building are very weird and awkward and I mean and this is hinting that there's going to be some ghost and mysticism to the book but like in this first issue it's a lot of a a little allusion to it but like not showing but basically the real story that it's based on is uh the Winchester Rifle Company She's married to the uh, patriarch of it. And after he dies and their baby dies, she's convinced that, and she goes to see a medium that uh, basically she's being haunted by the ghost of all the people that are murdered by the rifles her family created. And therefore she's building this uh, addition to these uh, this house to basically trick ghosts. So like the house has secret rooms, it has doorways and stairwells that lead to nothing. And it's basically to trick ghosts to keep them away from her that are haunting her. But in the comic version, it seems like the ghosts may be real. Oh, nice. That's interesting. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah, no, it seemed like a really fun book. Like, like it was, it was just, it really wet, wet the appetite. But I was just kind of like, oh, like right as it was getting good, it's like, oh, the, the <laughs> issue's over. <laughs> yeah, no, look, it, it sounds cool. And even if they keep the the question of whether or not the ghosts are real, I mean, it's a total psychological drama. Right, right. Yeah, like, like no, the art seems that it to be alluding that they are, but there's nothing in the dialogue to say that. And the the characters that aren't Sarah Winchester, all the uh, the the workers, the foremen. They're just kind of like, hey, this is weird, right? Like their their whole energy. <laughs> this is kind of bizarre. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This woman's a little strange, right? Mm-hmm. It's funny. If there's something about Source Point Press books, man. They put out really interesting stuff. They do. See, yeah. I, I haven't read it because we were looking for a digital copy, and I wasn't able to find there's one. A, a I don't. Copy. I don't think it exists. I think um, I actually had the floppy here at the house, so I, oh, cool. I read even it. even from Source Point Source Point Press's site. Nope, I checked. Unavailable. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You can buy it from their site and have it mailed to you. You can actually buy uh, issues one and two right now, but that's it. When 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 it first got the week that it came out, we were planning on going somewhere where there's a comic book shop that we like, and when those plans fell through, so then we just haven't had a chance to go to a a physical comic book shop. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm definitely picking them up because I've been wanting to read them. Yeah it's the the second i saw that i'm like i i linked to carrie i'm like yeah this is this is you this is something you'll like and the reason i wanted to pick it as well is because the i think the actual story of sarah winchester is very tragic and it's just it's i don't know it's just really interesting to me and i've always wanted to go to the winchester house 
one because it's a novelty in California but two like I think it's um a monument to um uh degrading mental health issues and yeah. guilt <laughs> and uh people tricking her into believing whatever because she's vulnerable so yeah vulnerable and rich I mean I think that plays into it a lot too that like yeah you had this vulnerable person and people can take advantage to get this money yeah absolutely uh, Richard how long ago you, did you go ah uh, let's see 2015 so was that about oh, okay seven, almost years seven ago? years yeah yeah That's pretty recent but um no no it was a blast I mean it's one of those things too like, you don't get to pick but it I think it matters uh who's giving your tour because we had somebody that was going to give us the tour and uh, seemed very, very bland. And then somebody jumped in to relieve her and he was amazing. Oh, just awesome. all the energy and, you know, <laughs> just had the little tidbits. And, like, and the thing is, is this, it's, it feels very, when you're there, it feels very, or excuse me, when you pull up, when you see the place, it feels very um, tourist trappy. It's very, as far as the house itself, it's very bright. It's not colored like a normal house. But when you're inside, it has an energy to it. I'm like, look, I don't know <laughs> what I do and I don't believe, but there's something, there's something just, it has an energy to it. That's Absolutely. all I can say. It, it, it's I, don't, awesome. I, I, I don't want to say it's creepy. It, I don't, like it just, it feels strange. It feels awesome. very, very strange. And like, it was such a fun experience. Like um, we were... We're, it's near it's like around San Jose Santa Clara mm -hmm. area yes and uh we were actually at Levi Stadium and we did like the stadium tour friends of mine and they had really no interest I was like oh we have time to kill you guys want to go check out this thing it ended up being one of the better parts of the trip oh, so cool. if you ever have the opportunity it's worth the time awesome no we'll, we'll definitely have to to do it and, and hopefully do it soon I think that even if I can okay Carrie and I are are believers in like that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. So, but and so, he, bear in bear in mind if if they do you know if ghosts do exist and that kind of stuff paranormal activity is real, then even if it hadn't followed Sarah Winchester to the house originally, the fact that people have toured the place with the ideas of there being paranormal activity has probably attracted something there or it's just all the energies of everybody who's gone hoping to see something yeah. right <laughs> and exactly. then now it's created its own energy so i'm i'm less I, I don't like i'm not a big believer in ghosts i'm like yeah i it would suck if that you die and then like you just kind of have to hang around <laughs> like, <laughs> like i just feel like it's like also whatever someone tells you about ghosts like if anyone's haunting anybody it's it should be former slaves and uh, <laughs> like Native Americans who's yes. like, 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 like if, if anyone's soul is un at unrest with particular grievance in this country, like yeah. it's not going to be like a Victorian, a Victoria area uh, era woman who, who, you know, <laughs> worrying about her lost love. Like, I don't yeah. think that's who's taking the time yeah. <laughs> to sit no. here and haunt everybody. My one so, wish. But, but, yeah. Oh no, go ahead. Sorry, I'm cutting you off. No, no, ahead. I was just going to say, but the whole thing about the collective energy thing, I feel like when you die, the energy has to go somewhere. So some of it might linger around. Yes. And just us, the collective, like if you get into a building, like I'm not a super religious person, but like I do get like a tingle when I'm in church or if yeah. I've ever been to like a temple or synagogue. And I just feel like there is a an energy to Absolutely. the belief and the faith in those things mm -hmm. that okay. you can definitely, that's palpable. I, uh, I mean, I have had, 
you're going to think I sound insane. I have had multiple experiences with paranormal stuff in our house, especially in the room that we're in currently. Uh, this is my old childhood bedroom and I, I have multiple stories for another day. But um, I think that if I die, when I die, if I don't come back as a ghost to haunt someone, I'm going to be fucking pissed. Because <laughs> that is like my one dream is to be able to haunt someone. I mean, if there is anything to believe in in this world, that is truly what I believe in. It's just, please let my spirit survive a little bit just so I can go scare the shit out of someone or use all my you know, astral projection or whatever energies to poke someone in the shoulder and then just go away because that would be great. Create a new story for someone. Yeah, just, I just want to pass on the stories, just the stories. Yeah. Because isn't that, that's like a big belief too, is that like once you stop talking about someone, that's when they die. Yeah. You know, yeah. so if you keep their memories alive by True. talking about them. So I want to be the crazy bitch that comes back to somebody and like, Remember you know. me. <laughs> <laughs> I was say, I've seen Coco. I know how this works. You just, yeah. Why? Just write, why you've got to repeat the names yeah. and do all that? Right. Right. And right backwards in the bathroom. So you look in the mirror and it says like, "Remember me." You look like, Sherry Perez. <laughs> oh, too much yeah. energy. Yeah. So that's awesome. Thank you for letting me it, piggyback on your pick, Richard. Oh, it no. is. It is available on sourcepointpress.com for is anyone it? who's looking digitally. This yeah, you just is? have to okay. you just have to click the different covers. It's cover A, cover B, and digital. Oh. Gosh, she's so smart. Okay. I, I will we're stupid. We'll it's it's there's the it's their website usually has options and it's it's their website is sometimes weird to work around mm -hmm. um sometimes weird to get to like there's this odd other webs other company um so it can be a weird website to work with sometimes but you can get stuff there cheap okay well we're, we're getting that after after yeah. we're done recording here because i've been meaning to to read that as well so thank you very much and yeah because i always see the buy now and i just assumed it was buy now and get it mailed to that, that's that's as far as i got i because so i didn't get much further than that. i got to the same point yeah. i was at work though trying to do this so. yeah <laughs> okay well um i guess we'll move on to my, my spotlight then if you guys are ready mm -hmm. um it is is well it's not sexy yet but i have a feeling it will be sexy due to past work by these people uh, eventually um so I chose a thing called Truth Number One by Yolanda Zefrandino and Elsa Ramboli um, from Image Products, and um, they. So <laughs> those names might sound familiar. Um, they were the creators of uh, a comic series that's going to be definitely in my top five of this year, um, Alice in Leatherland, and it is. Um, so this is their second series together. They're actually a couple in real life. Uh, they live in Italy. They're, they both have really cool Instagrams. I definitely recommend a good follow from both of them. And um, this story is quite different than Alice in Leatherland. This one actually follows a story about a, a scientist who is working on um, some kind of medical mechanical kind of breakthrough and nothing else in their life is matters except for this and 
their that basically their entire life is falling apart around them because all it is all that matters to this person is is her work and she goes comes home she's got you know bills and you know her her apartment is a complete mess and there's envelopes all over the place it turns out her uh her husband slash soon to be ex-husband um has been trying to get her to sign divorce papers but she just doesn't have the time at least she doesn't she just says she doesn't have the time so um so yeah she's and then and that kind of brings out more of the plot of of her basically just you know like you know not not being able to let her hair down just just basically work his life and that's all she's doing so well she comes she goes to work the next day and her ID doesn't work to get her into the into uh, the building, and so she find, she asks why, and they're like, "Oh, you don't work here anymore. You you had signed last night. You signed a uh, um, an agreement that you needed to uh, to to uh, go. You know, basically quit your job, and and I have your you know your signature your signature right here on this dismissal form, and you no longer work here. And she's like, I didn't do that. You know, like she, and so what's happening is. One of the reasons why it's good to have unions, they're, she's actually breaking through on her project and they decided they're gonna steal the project from her. So they fired her um, or, or effectively made her lose her job so that they could, they could steal her work. So what do you do when work is your life and you no longer have that, the work to, uh, to, to uh, occupy your life? You go drinking. So she goes to a bar and she just goes crazy. <laughs> she gets she gets really really drunk and she's she's that she's that drunk in, in the bar in the bar you know the one that's yelling at everyone and singing and demanding more beers from everybody she even lifts up her lab coat in her dress her shirt at one time and it has to show everybody her boobs which you know not not full nudity but just it's just you know that just shows how bad how bad off she is at this time so she ends up going to her car and she at least is smart and wherewithal enough to know that she can't drive home so she ends up putting the keys in the front seat of the car and she and she passes out underneath blankets and jackets in the back seat of her car and she wakes up there's a woman driving her car <laughs> and she's like you know what, what what the hell are you doing and then she looks out and they are nowhere near where she originally was there this all takes place in europe and they're no longer i believe in italy they're now like in germany or somewhere else so she's been driving for a while and this so this this whole story actually is going to turn out to be a road trip book where these two people who don't know each other are now on a road trip whether or not they like they like the idea they are the beginning of the comic starts with the police chasing them from border to border so we'll see how this we'll see how this goes so totally different vibe than uh than Alice in Leatherland which is great because I like you know we, we we don't need another comic exactly the same and it's good to see that their work is uh, definitely very expansive like this I like the covers they've got very like gunsmith cat vibes yes um very kind of fun lots of cars people vibing I like it. Yeah, it, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's that's actually a good pull because I uh, it has that kind of that fun '90s anime kind of feel to it. Mm. So very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So definitely recommend. Okay. Well, in case you were all wondering why we 
did the spotlights before we did the DIY corner is because our main course is as part of the DIY corner, which is the uh, we had an interview with um, with creator Greg Puck uh, about his Kickstarter. But before we get to that, we do have one DIY corner other book that's on Kickstarter at this time, uh, which is the book, the aforementioned other witchy book, which is the uh, which is the witch of Rickerson. How many times am I going to say witch in that sentence? Which witch is which? And uh, <laughs> which is written and drawn by uh, Derek Lofman. And uh, the the little stinger quote on the on the Kickstarter is Secret of Nim means meets Attack on Titan in this <laughs> twisted uh, fairy tale graphic novel about a witch <laughs> It's a witch who terrorizes a community of small animals. So yeah, there's basically the main characters are these like mice and other small animals. And this witch is, you know, basically give them a hard time. It, the art looks great. It's very busy. Um, there's, a, there's kind of a picture of the town of Wickerson and it looks, it, it, it looks like a fun fantasy town. And the artwork looks great. The coloring looks great. Um, if you're into this kind of, kind of stuff this is definitely something to check out um some of the bonuses include a, a grumpy cat magnet but it's not that grumpy cat apparently there's a grumpy cat in this in this comic <laughs> and uh and there's um yeah the, it, like there you have um some other pretty cool goals and stretches stretch goals on this thing so it's definitely worth checking out and i lost the t when is this going to be done it looks like this will be coming to an end on Monday, November 15th. So this comes out on Thursday. So you have plenty of time to, to, uh, to donate if you want to. And they've already reached their goal. So back it so you can get some of the awesome uh, extras and get the, get the comic as soon as possible. Help, help towards the stretch goals. Yeah. And the art is incredibly adorable. It's got great, fantastic art. So um, it, Definitely, if it is in your uh, story interest, you're getting great art off of it. Definitely. And the witch is like this giant pig woman. Yeah. And, and so she's terrorizing these mice. And, yeah. I mean, and even, not even, cute, very ugly, but she's ugly, but she's ugly cute. She's cute. It's, it's, yeah. Ugly yeah. cute. Yeah. A cute, <laughs> cuggly, I guess. Cuggly. Cuggly. <laughs> It's better than fugly, so better than fugly. It's cuggly. <laughs> it's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, definitely, I'll, I'll have the link on there as well, like, like always for our DRI corners. So that brings us to, Ooh. oh wait, Richard, sorry. No, I was just gonna say this. It looks like something that should be animated as soon as humanly possible. It really it does. Gorgeous. It, it really, really does. It would make such a great cartoon. Mm -hmm. I'm really surprised I've never heard of this person, um, Derek Lofman. Because this is like really high quality. It really is. And I guess it started as a page a day project for Inktober of this year. So oh, okay. oh that's cool. Pretty cool too. So one page a day for 31 days. So I'm assuming it's a 31 page comic, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> well, they might have been doing some extra. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe a couple November, no ink November. Well. It's a, the, so yeah you're right 31 pages and you get 10 uh, uh behind the scenes bonus pages mm, oh, cool. some, some doodles some sketches or something yeah looks really cool some failures yes <laughs> i was gonna say a concept for a character that didn't work right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's always good to throw all those uh all the spaghetti on the wall and see what sticks right that's right no 
that's a bad way to test your spaghetti. And then you then you get out the fork <laughs> and you just peel it off the wall. You know, it's good wall spaghetti. It's great. That's my comfort food. No, it's not. I was gonna say, <laughs> have a baby do it. It'll be adorable. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like a giant baby, so. <laughs> all right okay um, we made the, we made the joke um because like babies will look at me like like in awe because i'm i have a big head and i and i'm bald mm-hmm. and so the, and so carrie once said, said they probably think you're king baby <laughs> <laughs> the ruler of all babies <laughs> i'm like yeah yeah like infants love his head my it's baby really minions funny. they always stare at him yeah so <laughs> all right <laughs> And see, that's why it's great to listen to the entire podcast because you get little tidbits like that. <laughs> so, um, all right, well, we're going to go ahead and uh, get into the second part of our DIY corner, as well as our main course, which is the aforementioned Greg Pock interview, which was recorded before this recording. And Carrie and I, um, shout out to Spectrum Internet. I'm gonna, I'm going to say their hey, names. Hey, Spectrum. I'm holding up both middle fingers. Fuck because you. Two, <laughs> you guys really let us down. Two and a half hours was, before our internet. There was a down. great uh, Saturday Night Live sketch about Spectrum. Yeah. Like seriously, so sad that we could not be a part of this yeah. interview. And so, to those of you listening. We have apologized profusely to, to Greg Buck because we feel so horrible about it, but yeah. he's very gracious and very kind and has given us very nice well wishes and messages and everything. So yeah. thank yeah. you very much for doing the interview. And Darcy and Richard, you guys fucking held it down like champs. So killed, thank you. Killed it. It was awesome. So thank you very much. And I hope everyone else... Don't, don't oversell it. Let the people listen. <laughs> All of a sudden, they're going to be like, that wasn't awesome. <laughs> I'm not saying poets are worthy, but I am. <laughs> they could get Nobel Peace Prizes yeah. for I think, podcasting. I think this is going to solve world hunger. This interview. <laughs> I honestly feel that way. <laughs> so, all right. This okay. The, uh, we we're, uh, Darcy and I are the uh, Woodward and Birdstein of uh, comic book interviews. Yes. For cookbooking, comic book cookbooking. <laughs> for, for, for comic book cookbooking. There you go. Uh, very awesome. specific niche but it's ours damn yeah. it. <laughs> i think very i awesome. think right now there's one other person who's done this <laughs> <laughs> and then on saturday carrie and i were the laurel and hardy of uh of interviews yeah <laughs> we were not able to participate it was a folly but uh, okay well um i will go ahead and put the interview in here so i hope you all enjoy and now for an extension of our diy corner as we as well as our main course for the episode. We have a special guest joining us. He's a filmmaker and writer of comics such as Planet Hulk, World War Hulk, Agents of Atlas, Ronan Island, Met Cadet U, Firefly, Star Wars, Darth Vader, and James Bond. And here to talk about his current Kickstarter campaign, Cooking Will Break Your Heart, is our pleasure to, rec- to welcome Greg Pock to the show. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate y'all uh, bringing me on board. Well, Thanks we are, <laughs> yeah, well, we're huge fans of cooking. We have kind of a cooking subplot oh. uh, to our, to our podcast. We have, um, I, we didn't really plan it that way, but we have a huge, we're huge fans of food here, which everybody should be, but Hey, why not? Huge fans of food. Nice. So we're very excited about this. Um, 
why exactly did you decide to make a comic book? What's your what's your or comic book, a cookbook? What's your comic <laughs> book origin and what's your cookbook origin? Um, well, my comic book origin is just that I uh, I mean, since I was a little kid, I was drawing. My mom was the kind of mom who uh, who uh, bought uh paper and crayons instead of coloring books. And so uh, I was one of those kids who drew from a very young age. Um, I drew uh, cartoons or, or comics for uh, like my high school and college papers and all that kind of stuff. I, I actually did a weekly cartoon for the Korea Times English edition, Korea Times New York English edition for a while. Um, uh, and that was all before I got involved in uh, comics professionally. Um, but so I was always obsessed with drawing, obsessed with comics, read, read tons and tons of comics. And um, but I went to film school after I, I mean, I, I did undergrad and then eventually I, I, I did a grad film school at NYU um, and uh, was on my way to becoming a filmmaker. I was a filmmaker. I made a feature film and all that kind of stuff. But at a certain point, um, my agent at the time got me a meeting with Marvel and uh, they were like, Hey, basically, it was one of these really unusual situations where internally they had decided they wanted to reach out and talk to some independent filmmakers and see if they could find somebody who might be interested in doing comics. And I, and that's how I got a meeting, um, which is uh, uh, not a rep replicatable situation. <laughs> it's just, uh, I mean, you know, <laughs> a, a door opened and I was able to kind of squeeze through. That'll um, work. <laughs> yeah. It I, seems I, kind I, of backwards for today, what most people I, seem to go I through. Know, <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, but, um, uh, and it was great. I mean, it was funny too, because it was also one of those things where I had made this movie called Robot Stories, which was an anthology picture with four separate um, stories in a feature film. And uh, that's a terrible uh, calling card to make more features because it's, it's not a traditional single narrative feature. Um, but it turned out it was a great calling card to make comics because each one of those stories was, um, you know, oh, approximately the same sort of length as a, as a single issue comic book. And it showed that I understood uh, genre because these were all sci-fi stories on some level, but they were also really um, stories about the human heart. And that's what Marvel is kind of famous for is combining, you know, big superhero action with real emotional stories and uh, so it turned out to be the perfect writing sample and and after you know things clicked and after a while my first marvel comic came out it was the warlock comic in 19 and no in 2004 um and i've basically been writing comics ever since um so that's how i came into comics and then cooking was uh i just um uh i actually <laughs> I really became a cook. I mean, I was cooking, you know, random things throughout my childhood, stuff that I'd learned how to cook and whatnot. But I really started to cook seriously for myself when I went to graduate school in England because, oh. um, and apologies to any uh, English folks listening, but <laughs> I, was, I was not a fan of the cuisine that was served in the dining mm -hmm. halls in, in England at the time. Even my um, British friends concur. So, yeah, so, yeah um, we we have at least one or two British listeners. We've had a British guest, oh, and yeah. and I've I've managed to say that as well. Oh no, yeah. So, I mean, there's actually there's a ton of English food that I really like, but just I mean, the dining halls were sort of notoriously not great where I was, and so I I started cooking with some friends, and some of those friends were like I, I had a uh, so I'm I'm biracial Korean and white uh, with family that came from Korea through Hawaii and uh, and I grew up in Texas. So I've got a kind of a broad range of sort of cul culinary interests. And then I had a friend who was um, 
Taiwanese American, another friend who was Japanese American, grew up in Hawaii. And, and so we were doing this kind of, you know, Pan-Asian Americana food uh, and, uh, you know, learned a lot from each other and all that. But um, uh, that's where I kind of became sort of serious uh, or started cooking more seriously. And uh, and, I, and I, I guess the uh, the thing that really precipitated this specific project, the cookbook, is that I... Um, uh, I've, I've just posted a lot of photos of my cooking process on social media over the last, you know, I don't know how many years, five years or so. Um, and I really kind of started doing a lot during the pandemic, um, because I was cooking just a lot more, uh, and it was something to share during a horrible time. And, uh, people kind of responded and, um, I'd have people asking me when I was going to write a cookbook. And I was like, Hmm. And the answer is now I'm doing it now. <laughs> so, uh, that's how it all came together. Um, That's awesome. I mean, the cookbook has become a little something more because, you know, first I was like, okay, I'm just putting together these recipes. It's going to be a real fun, snappy how-to book, you know, busy freelancer showing how he cooks, you know, everyday tasty, but relatively simple to make meals. Um, and that, and it will be that, but it's also going to be about a lot more because once you start digging into talking about food and cooking, you're talking about history and family and uh and and love and loss and everything else you know because i've got me cooking so loaded the people it's such an intimate thing you know to cook for somebody to be cooked for and uh you know our our most basic and primal emotions and experiences are involved with all that and and our um you know people will uh, lots of times you know like the food can make us remember things that we wouldn't remember other you know you have that i mean it's somebody else reminded me of this it's a proustian moment you know like proust writes about i think the madeleines like he eats a madeleine and suddenly mm. he's transported mm -hmm. somewhere um but yeah guava juice is my proustian madeleine you know i, I <laughs> a sip of guava, guava juice, juice is good yeah you know, and I'm, I'm there in my my grandma's kitchen 40 years ago in uh, honolulu so um uh but yeah so those are you know that 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 kind of stuff is uh is all going to be part of the book now. It's a cookbook memoir. Cooking Will Break Your Heart on the Kickstarter machine. So just go to cookingwillbreakyourheart.com. It'll take you straight to the Kickstarter page. Awesome. That makes perfect sense about cook food or cooking food and family and how all that connects. Uh, so with your family's mixed history, which you spoke about and having that Korean background with food, I know where I'm from in East Texas, which is not so near Dallas, where you're from, mm -hmm. um, it's kind of a struggle finding kind of Asian supplies. And it's only really right. been available to me recently, uh, like high school and forward. Mm -hmm. um, I know I made, um, I, I kind of, I've been following your food postings the last, oh. maybe not the last five years, but yeah. like the last year, certainly oh, thanks. since the pandemic. And I made uh, last night in preparation for this, I made a, uh, duck gook. Oh, wow. Um, oh my gosh. You actually did it. That's it looked really it. delicious. <laughs> how, how did it go? How it went go? super well. It's oh. incredibly good. I will be making it so much more. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I'm so thrilled. That's really exciting. Um, but just the idea of like, if I had tried to make that a couple of years ago, oh, yeah. like that would have been impossible. Yeah. Where did, where did you find the rice cake? Is there a place? I, 
I actually have an Asian grocery nearby me now, not near nearby, but like within like the closest big town near me has an Asian grocery that didn't exist when I lived away. I I moved to Thailand uh, when I was in, uh, I went and taught after college. Um, But when I moved back, suddenly there was this Asian grocery and thank goodness, because I would have cried if I couldn't get my Asian food anymore. (laughs) If I couldn't get my Thai food, if I couldn't get all that food, I would have cried my eyes out, but I can now. And that's fantastic. Um, How was it for you in Dallas growing up or your grandma uh, when she was, you know, cooking? Did you have to make it all or did she have to make it all from scratch? Well, so so my grandma immigrated from uh, uh, from Korea to Hawaii. And so she Mm -hmm. we visited in Hawaii, you know, like there's a very high uh, Asian uh, population, Pan-Asian population in Hawaii and there are groceries that have all kinds of stuff. And I think even back in the day, you were able to get you know, what you needed. And so, um, I mean, I don't know, I actually don't know, like, uh, if, if some of that stuff was harder to get back then, but yeah, I mean, I remember my grandma making chapche and, uh, which is, and mandu and, you know, mm. so chapche mm. is like this Korean noodle dish that uses these kind of special glass noodles. So she was able to get those, uh, and, uh, you know, mandu is Korean dumplings. I, I mean, mm. a lot of the stuff that's in that food, you can find in a lot of places, you know what I True. mean? And, and some of that stuff, it's just like wherever folks go, they grow it. You know what I mean? Like, right. like folks will grow, you know, the, some of those, you know, the, the specific plants and leafy vegetables and whatnot that they, that, that they want. But, but some of it is like, yeah, I mean, it takes a little more searching. I mean, so when I was growing up in Dallas, um, I, I do not remember there being a Korean restaurant. Uh, we would go, when yeah. we went to get Asian food, we'd go to the Chinese restaurant uh you know the the nearby chinese restaurant every once in a while a japanese restaurant um but uh but my dad would i think like i I have this memory of like some small small grocery that was next to a gas station fairly nearby and it and it was run by korean immigrants i think and they had like little bottles of kimchi and some gochujang which uh which is the um uh, the Korean hot pepper paste. Um, mm. and so my dad would buy some of this stuff and from time to time, and my dad did cook a lot, but from time to time he'd, you know, he'd, he'd bust that out and he'd make, you know, uh, basically his, I think he was just winging it. He was just like <laughs> putting together an approximation of what he kind of remembered, but he wasn't following. He did not have a recipe book. He was not doing something. In fact, in the stuff he cooked, wasn't anything. I mean, it wasn't the stuff that my grandma cooked. We did it. Hawaii. He did this thing. I mean, it was literally, I mean, he just referred to it as like hot stuff. Um, but it was like <laughs> layers, layers of sliced, sliced meat and like a spinach or some kind of green and, uh, and, uh, and the kochujang. Uh, and, um, so it was a really, you know, spicy meat and vegetable dish, but it wasn't like, like, I, I, I gotta, I gotta talk to him about that actually and kind of dig deep. I think, I think he, yeah. I think he just made it up. I mean, and it tasted, it's the, yeah. it's, and it tasted right, you know? So, I mean, uh, you know, so. I and that's what matters. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. But, I, 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 but that kind of stuff fascinates me the way, like, um, you know, uh, folks will have a memory of something or they'll have limited ingredients. And so they'll, they'll make something that, that feels right. And then that becomes a thing, you know what I mean? That becomes a yeah. thing that gets passed down in that family. I realize there's a thing like that with uh, Napa cabbage, um, you know, like Chinese Napa cabbage. Mm. Um, I have a real taste for that. Uh, and like when I have kalbi, which is uh, Korean uh, barbecued short rib, uh, like in a restaurant, I, I, I mean, they usually serve it with romaine lettuce. Um, right. 
but or or red leaf lettuce and and also like uh perilla these other kinds of leaves and stuff but um when i'm uh when i'm cooking it at home i always i i, I mean i if i if i have napa cabbage that's what i like to eat it with the most and i got that from my dad because my dad would get napa cabbage and he just when i was growing up you know he'd just like smear some kochujang on it and have it with rice folded up like a little rice you know rice and napa cabbage taco and uh and just eat it that way and i it was great um and he was picking napa cabbage because that's what he grew up with you know like in the 30s and 40s in korea when he was a kid um i asked him about it i was like you know dad these restaurants they serve romaine lettuce with this stuff and he's like i i don't think they even had romaine lettuce you know uh, <laughs> when he was growing up so i've inherited you know my dad you know my 86 year old dad's taste for napa cabbage with with uh with with kanbi you know so um even though you know folks my like there's you know like folks run by restaurants run by folks my age are serving that with romaine lettuce you know what i mean like so right right it's like you can look at these very specific little things about the things different families eat and underneath sometimes there's a whole history of you know of immigration and 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 uh generations and all that kind of stuff it's it's kind of amazing absolutely i mean that's how you know like fusion foods and stuff like that get yeah. made and and i mean from texas like yeah like we're from that's probably how tex-mex got made eventually right exactly so i mean i i love that stuff that's i'm i'm <laughs> so tell me more about this your experience making the book book how did did, did you uh did you dig up another recipe or were you how'd you do it I well I saw you know you posted the like four pictures of yeah. the duck duck and then uh of the duck book sorry and um you uh then like not too long ago you were trying to remake it and then you were like oh I don't have rice cake I'm gonna do it with mandu and oh, yeah, I yeah. love dumplings I love all dumplings dumplings are amazing except for like southern dumplings I can't do like American Southern dumplings are oh, disgusting. That's actually um, on my that's on my list of I want to make a chicken dumpling. Thing. I hate yeah. chicken and dumplings, <laughs> which is like the least southern thing of me. Sorry, that's my cat. Um, but I, I can't do it. It's so gross. Um, but every other dumpling in the world I'm totally for. Um, so I was like, that kind of looks dumplingish or gnocchi-ish, and I love that. So yeah, let's try that. Um so I went and I, I did find another recipe to give me like the details because yeah. all of that kind of gave me the basics. And I was like, I can start from that. I'm a good cook. Yeah. Uh, so I went and found all the basic recipes and went to my local grocery uh, and uh, picked up all the basics and came back and was like, I can do this. I skipped the seaweed because I cannot no matter how many years, how many times I try, I can't do the seaweed. Um, so I skipped the dried seaweed, uh, but everything else I did and it came out so fantastic. I've oh, got a picture yeah. of it somewhere. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta, you gotta send that or post it or something. Yeah, I absolutely should. But yeah, no, it came out really well and it was excellent and I loved it. And thank you for just, you know, like, I don't know. Cause we don't have Korean restaurants here. Yeah. Um, like at all we've got one thai restaurant uh lots of chinese restaurants chinese food's really popular where i'm at but yeah, no yeah. korean restaurants so it's like i even though uh, the only korean food i've ever had is um you get some of it sometimes in thailand but it's like thai korean food right, which right, right, right. isn't real korean food. 
That's really interesting, though. I, I've, I, because there's a lot of like Chinese Korean restaurants that do a kind of very specific like mix there. But I've and and I've I've been to Korean restaurants that are run by Japanese people and 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 sushi restaurants that are run by Koreans and all that kind of stuff. But I, I haven't ever been to a Thai Korean restaurant. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I'm not sure what necessarily the difference is. Probably fish sauce because it's always <laughs> fish sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe more chilies, more garlic. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Well, that's cool. Well, I'm thrilled. I'm I'm really happy that uh, that that uh, that that worked for you. That's so cool. am I. <laughs> it gave me something else to put in my rotation because yeah. it's fantastic. Um, speaking of foods, I like to cook, and foods I think everybody kind of needs to have in their rotation. Uh, comfort food or sick oh, yeah. food. Yeah. Um, I know what it is in some countries, but I'm not entirely sure what it is for Korean food or for you personally. Yeah. Uh, what is your comfort food or your sick food? Well, everybody does. I mean, I, I can't speak for, you know, like, I mean, there are yeah. lots of different things that different folks are going to do. And you mm -hmm. know, um, so I can't, I can't speak for all Koreans or all Korean Americans, but, uh, but I, Absolutely. But, but there are a few things like Korean food that, that are, um, Korean food wise that are very special for me whenever I'm not feeling great. One is um, miyokuk, I mean, which is seaweed soup. Uh, and I know you've just, just uh, yeah. <laughs> expressed a hesitancy <laughs> regarding seaweed, um, but it's, it's amazing. It's so good. It's, it's basically, you just get some, uh, I mean, I, I make it with um, chuck roll. I mean, I just get some, you know, cheap chuck roll with, but you know, chuck roll has a little more fat in it. So it's got a little, you know, mm. a little more flavor there, but, and I just, you know, like slice that really thin, uh, marinate it for just a little while with some um, with some soy sauce and some sesame oil and a uh, little little black pepper. And then uh, and then um, basically saute that in the bottom of a pot. Uh, uh, and then uh, once that's starting to brown a bit, I'll um, I, so then I um, add some uh, so seaweed um, with you know, this Korean style seaweed. Um, milk uh and uh you have to soak it in water it comes dried you soak it in water and then you cut it into you know you cut it up because if you just put it in there without cutting it up it's huge it it expands and it's just giant leaves so you cut it up you can also get like uh uh, uh there's there's a japanese version of that seaweed that comes pre-cut up uh it's kind of like the little bits of sea the japanese version like the little bits of seaweed you get in miso soup sometimes yeah all that the really thinly sliced yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. exactly yeah, yeah in the small pieces but um uh okay and then you uh and then i and then i um basically cook that seaweed uh just a little bit in the in the meat so it soaks up some of that good meatness and then i add uh boiling water and um and let it simmer for a while oh yeah and i've also got i'm sorry i've also got uh, garlic in there of course uh, of course, but, always. Uh, yeah, it's marin. I do the marination with garlic as well. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then after a while, it's amazing, and you, you know, you you add a little, uh, a little uh, uh, diced um, or or thinly cut uh, green onion, and uh, and it's it's just really um, hearty and rejuvenating. Uh, it is a soup that's traditionally eaten on your birthday. Mm. Um, and also it's, it's a soup that after you give birth, uh, like, like, you know, Korean oh, like physically. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, for, for new mothers. It's a, it's a soup for new mothers. Um, I, and, uh, cause I, I think traditionally just because it's got so much iron in it, um, from this meat. 
Makes sense. Uh, so that's one. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, there have been, I can, you know, many times I've been kind of cold and on the verge of catching a cold and I have a nice big bowl of meal cook and it's like, ah, now I'm better. That, that's what I was going to say. That sounds like amazing on a day that you're homesick from school. Yeah. Like, I feel like that would put me right back where I need to be. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. I once was sick in Hawaii. I had like a head cold, which is just awful when you go to and you go to Hawaii and you got a <laughs> you're in paradise, you know, but you're ill. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and um, and I went we I went to uh, to uh, uh, Chinatown and went to a Vietnamese restaurant there and got this giant bowl of uh, of uh, it was just basically a, a chicken broth, chicken soup, and um, and it came that was like a it was like I mean the bowl was literally over a foot in diameter and. Um, <laughs> And I was like, is this for everybody? No, it's like, that's a single serving. And I, and I, 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 I ate slash drank the whole thing. And when I walked out of there, I was fully healed. I swear to God. hundred percent. I mean, I went and took a big long, you know, like I slept and the next day I was perfect. Um, but oh, yeah, awesome. I mean, like, like those, you know, broths and soups that that's, that's where, that's where it is. Absolutely. So that, that's a big one. The other, um, the other big Korean food, like if you're, if you're not, if your stomach's not quite right, or if you're, if you're uh, just kind of getting over, not feeling so great is um, juk, which is basically rice porridge. Um, yeah. And uh, it's, it, that's again, incredibly simple. You're just making chicken broth, um, you know, like throw some, chicken parts in a pot. I mean, you cut off the fat and the skin and all that, throw chicken parts in the pot with a bunch of garlic and salt and boil that for an hour. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, that pull up the, the chicken, debone the chicken, mince up the chicken, put it back in the pot or, or save some of that for other stuff. If you want, put some of that, some of that minced chicken back in the pot and then put yesterday's rice in the pot. And, um, and serve that and it gets kind of glutinous and uh you know you don't want to put in too much rice because then it becomes really too thick i mean or you know do it to your taste but um it, yeah i mean that just that chicken broth right chicken broth is amazing when you uh, do your cooking do you usually make your chicken bro your broths and your stocks uh from scratch um i sometimes you know like if i have time that's that's the way i like to do it sometimes you know i'm <laughs> i'm using cans of broth i'm a yeah, big, right. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a I'm a practical and I'm a lazy cook. So, you know, Same. I, I, I do what I, I do what I do. I, I was just, I was literally actually just tweeting about this, which is like, I read something about exercise years ago. I, I think it was in this book, Feeling Good by David D. Burns, which is a great book. Um, it's not about exercise. It's about like, you know, uh, it, it's like cognitive. It's, it's a, it's a self-help book about therapy basically. But, um, but there's a, he has a whole thing in there about like, um, uh, about exercise and about the notion that like when he goes to exercise, he, his goal for exercise is to do the minimum. Uh, and, 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 and it, it sounds like that sounds lazy, right? Because we live in such a like, you know, push it kind of, of culture, but come on. I mean, like it is a miracle for us to do the minimum, you know what That's I mean? And, and if we can do the minimum, like doing the minimum, is amazing and it's actually sustainable you know what i mean like i'm, I'm gonna i like uh, if i can you know like i mean i used to have this this goal of walking ten thousand steps if i walk three thousand steps during the <laughs> pandemic that's there you fantastic. go you know what i mean if i walk you know i anyway but but that, that whole idea of like um giving yourself permission just to do it and not to hit some kind of preconceived notion of what's perfection is huge you know and so like just today i was making chicken salad um you know i had a piece of i, I made chicken broth i had this piece of leftover meat 
cut it up, added a little mayo. And that's it. Had it on toasted bread with some, you know, with some bok choy leaves. Um, and it's like, yeah, I could have gone to the grocery store and bought some red onion, cut that up, maybe boiled some peas, added that, you know, done some other fancy stuff. Um, it would have been delicious, but you know what? This was tasty. And yeah. I ate, and I ate that instead of like grabbing some leftover Halloween candy. You know what I mean? Which is, <laughs> and you know, let's be honest. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, when we're busy, particularly, I mean, when I'm busy, I lunch is my danger zone because I will forget to eat. And then suddenly at four o'clock, I'm like, why do I feel kind of stressed mm -hmm. and fuzzy? And it's yeah. because I forgot to eat lunch or, or I wandered through the kitchen and I was doing 12 other things and I ate some crap, you know what I mean? So, so yes, I'm a big advocate of doing the minimum in the kitchen. And if that means you've got, you got six cans of chicken broth for when you need it. You pull in that can of chicken broth and you use that instead of doing it from scratch, you know, more power to you. You know, like I, I, I've got one of my like just go to lazy and comfort recipes is just a mushroom sauce of like ground turkey. And the mushroom sauce in the mushroom sauce is Campbell's uh, cream of mushroom soup. You know Absolutely. what I mean? I've and, worked in plenty of restaurants and oh, Cream of mushroom, Campbell's cream of mushroom is go-to for many, many businesses. <laughs> if, if they ever change that recipe, I'm going to be so sad. You know what I mean? Like, like I, yeah, there have been times, too, when I've gotten, like, the low-fat version by accident, and it's like, this Ooh. isn't right. <laughs> <laughs> Something went wrong. You know? uh, it's, it's an excellent base, though. You're definitely right yeah. about that. Like, it'll yeah. make stuff work for you. So, yeah, so, so some days it's incredibly uh, – it, it feels great to do – to, you know, to make that, you know, do that two hours, spend that two hours and, you know, give yourself that, that time and that gift of like, you know, do that too, like do that, make that cook from scratch and it's amazing, right? You know, and other times it's like, you know what, we're going to have some cream of mushroom, <laughs> mushroom <laughs> sauce over rice uh, with ground turkey and garlic and it's going to be delicious and I'm going to make it in 15 or 20 minutes and we're going to feel better than if we got some takeout or whatever you know what i mean it's going to be great and it's I, about I think, efficiency yeah 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 and also i'm also a lazy cook because and, and i'm a lazy cleanup person so I'm, i really gravitate towards like single pot or two pot meals absolutely you know, like as opposed to like okay now you have to saute this and then you have to you know you have to you have to i'm i'm, I'm oh man i'm i'm losing i wanted to come up with my fancy little cooking terms what's the i need to render this and then do this and then uh get a little know, reduction like I, going yeah reduction that's it thank you thank you <laughs> i got you back <laughs> yeah I, I think i need to have a, a chapter in this book also that's about stuff stuff i have no idea what you know i i have no idea about you know what i mean because i think right. I also think like like I, I so this is just going to be really practical cooking the way and it's not like how everything in the world right, it's not culinary I'm not an school cooking it's, yeah i'm not I'm this not, is I'm like <laughs> i know nothing about french sauces i know nothing about wine you know what i mean like there's, there's i'm so gonna make a list of things like i know nothing about and that's fine it's fine you don't have to know about it all. it's still delicious <laughs> exactly you know like i mean I, I i think there's a lot of fun and i do this too uh where you are learning new stuff as you cook and that's i think that's one of the glories of cooking but on a practical everyday level i think it's also just we we all need to cut ourselves some slack. I, Absolutely. Uh, 
I, I really enjoy those. I mean, I, I do enjoy like Br Great British Bake Off and those shows, but I'm also they also stress me out because it's like, <laughs> you know what? That looks great. It, it looks like it tastes amazing, and and you're beating yourself up because it, it's like slightly lopsided. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> like that's amazing. You're that, that's fantastic. I would be you know thrilled to end up in you know sitting at your in your kitchen eating that. You know, absolutely. So, anyway. Those, some, some of those kids' editions do make me feel bad about myself because those kids are good. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm like, that child's far more talented than I'll ever be in the kitchen. <laughs> He's nine. <laughs> I was actually going to ask, um, just looking at us, the, the materials we have seen from Cooking Will Break Your Heart, it's a lot of a traditional Korean fare. Like uh, growing up, was fast food a thing in your household? Or oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, um, I I'm gonna have a chapter in the book which is like stuff that we used to eat that you really shouldn't cook because it'll kill you. Uh, <laughs> but, but, um, I mean, so we didn't. I mean, we didn't. Um, we did. Yeah, we we had fast food, not like every day, but yes, we would. I mean, you know, it was, it was just we're just. My mom was, she had, you know, she's, uh, bit, again, you gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do. Exactly. Gotta do what you gotta do. We went on a lot of road trips. And so we would have this cooler and we'd like be making lunches, but we'd also, you know, you end up eating wherever you can eat and all that kind of stuff anyway. But, um, but, uh, but also like, I remember, my mom became a really healthy cook in the, at a certain point, but I, I remember when we were young, it was not like that. And like, I, I remember her making, um, hot dogs that were wrapped in bacon you wrap Ooh. a hot dog in bacon and <laughs> let me tell you bacon, stick toothpicks in it and then you bake that in the oven until it's really crispy and that's your hot dog like that that's amazing right it sounds like heaven <laughs> yeah we used to have a a can like a coffee can uh that you just pour all your fat drippings into it just sit on the edge of the mm. stove you just mm. pour your fat into that and then you'd cook your eggs in that fat you know and you'd cook your bacon and then you'd fry your eggs in the bacon fat. That's the way we did it. I mean, I, you know, that's I'm sure that's the way tons of people still do it. I don't I don't do it that way anymore. I'm cooking my eggs in <laughs> olive oil because because <laughs> I want to live. I want to live. I, I mean, you I, might not if you grew up cooking your eggs in bacon fat. <laughs> You're on borrowed time already. Oh man, yeah, I got I got I got too late. I got some catching up to do, but. Um, but Definitely yeah, as an adult, you're like separating uh, yolks from whites, things that you never did uh, when you were in your that, 20s. That I, that I only do for aesthetic reasons. Like if I'm going to do something fancy, oh, with really? yolks. I, I eat yolks. I mean, I, I talked to a nutritionist and the nutritionist is like, yeah, yolks are fine. So eh, they'll they'll they go year to year whether or not eggs are good oh, for okay, you. Gotcha. Right, right, right. It's I one of those things. Yeah, I know. It's a, yeah, right. Like you just got to have a variety of stuff. So you're not like, 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 so, like you eat tomatoes every single day and then suddenly you're like, yeah, actually tomatoes, tomatoes, they'll kill you. They'll kill you. <laughs> actually, you know, tomatoes are actually a war criminal. We, we didn't tell you that before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. They're so, bad for food poisoning. Tomatoes, yeah. tomatoes and onions, the worst for food poisoning. Really? Tomatoes are, I didn't know that. They absorb moisture really well oh so they get moldy and like they they, they like yeah yeah if, if like something else has something they'll absorb like two of the four times i've gotten food poisoning oh. uh tomatoes were the reason wow. the other the other times it was onions 
Well, yeah, onions will get you. I, uh, yeah, onions I, will I, get I, you. I, I, I chucked some onions recently out of uh, an abundance of precaution, given that recent... Uh, <laughs> the recall? Recent, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, I'm also going to have a chapter in the book called, it's titled How Not to Poison Your Family. <laughs> um, I, I'm so paranoid about Good it. Advice. Still, you know what I mean? I've been cooking. <laughs> I've been cooking for decades, and yet I still, like, every time I'm, like, like baking poultry it's like i i you know like i, I will literally cut one cut the fattest thing open like ruin the aesthetic cut the fattest mm, piece open mm. just to make sure just to make sure but yeah it is the scariest thing i cook still and i i've been cooking for years but i uh, i cooking chicken is so scary to me and yeah. I, every time i've gotten food poison it's been a tomato or an onion it's not like i've ever gotten <laughs> sick from chicken but it's like I don't know. Chicken scares the hell out of me because yeah. you've been told your whole life you're going to die from chicken. Well, you know, it's like onions. Onions I, will kill me. I got a feeling that a lot of uh, when people get food poisoning for chicken, I think a lot of it happens um, not from the cooked food, but from like the prep items and all that kind of mm, stuff. Mm, like mm, cross-contamination. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like people are, you know, like not not fully cleaning a cutting board and then suddenly they're cutting a salad on the same thing. They cut the chicken. Yeah, mm -hmm. probably. Like, I, feel, I feel gross just saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't feel so good. Oh, my God. It's, those type of rules, like, uh, again, I've worked in restaurants, so it's like I'll be very stringent at work. And then at home, it's like same cutting board for everything. <laughs> Live a life recklessly. Oh, and man. I'll be cutting it. I'm like, I know that I know better. But expedience. <laughs> yeah, I got I I I've got these kind of semi fancy cutting boards that are it's like a set of four and they're they have different colors like mm. oh, the red one for meat and the green one for vegetables and all that kind of stuff and yellow is usually chicken and and yeah and, and well in the beginning well I I think you're supposed to use because I think they had white for um noodles. And then it's got like noodles on it or something. I, not that I've ever cut noodles on a. On yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> why do you cut noodles? And then, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're doing a specific kind of cooking, I'm sure you are. But um, and then and then blue for fish. Um, and, mm -hmm. you know, at the very beginning, I was like, yeah, I'm only cutting the, the red, you know, the meat on the red one and all that. And then, you know, two <laughs> weeks later, it's like, what's clean? You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> I'm grabbing that, you know, okay, so. It all gets messed up, but as long as you keep stuff, you know, I, I don't know. As long as you can, I, I do, I do, uh, I, I do wash my hands constantly when I'm cooking. You know what I mean? So that's, um, right. I, and, and I wash surfaces constantly. So that's, I, I yeah. Cause you don't want that chapter to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I know. I know. This is the nerve wracking part of it. It's like, as soon as I, as soon as you write a cookbook, it's like, it's like as soon as it's a, exactly celebrity comes out, you know, does a book about how great their marriage or their sex life is. And then, and then they get a divorce the next year. You oh, know what Lord. I mean? It's like, it's like, I don't want to be the, the, the yeah, I don't want to like put out a cookbook about how to, how to do all this good stuff and not poison your family. And then, you know, suddenly, you know, <laughs> Reports are in from New York City. Uh, <laughs> book writer Greg Fox sadly passed away. Going to knock on wood right now for you. <laughs> tomatoes, on, cutting tomatoes and onions on a unclean cutting board. So, no, I, uh, you know, let, let's avoid that. Exactly, touch wood. Yeah, please. That would be awful. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. So is. <laughs> one of the questions we have what's your least favorite food to cook oh least favorite food to cook um i i probably don't have one because i just don't cook it 
No, makes sense. Not fun. Let me not think. not something someone around you wants you to cook, and you have to. Ugh, okay. Let me think about that. I'm I've made my mom do that a couple of times growing up. Thanks oh yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> Things um, she didn't want. I don't know. I mean, I let's uh, think. I I can I can tell you my least favorite thing to clean. Oh, please. Is, That's a good one. Which is spatulas. I I hate. I, I don't know why. I mean, I think it's because, like, you know, you you you, you fry some eggs mm. or scramble some eggs, and then you kind of toss the spatula in the sink, and then you come back to it even like half an hour later, and it's it's hard to clean. It's, it's plastered. It's, it's plastered a, on. Exactly. It's like <laughs> this is a pain. I hate this. So, I, I there was a certain point when I realized I had three spatulas, and um, and I was had a tendency to use them all before cleaning one you know so then i ended up having like <laughs> three spatulas at once that i had to clean in a row and it was like just a blight on my soul so i i i, I pared down so i only had one spatula <laughs> so that I'd at least only have to cook it once at a time i mean i clean it once at a time which is a ridiculous way to live but you know <laughs> we we do what we need to do but um yeah what do i not like that? i mean i oh you know i i well I like cooking. I mean, if somebody wants something, I'm thrilled to cook it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, generally, as, as long as I got time and all of that. Um, it's, um, I don't know. I cooked a lot for my mom when she was sick. And mm -hmm. uh, it was it was a huge gift every time she had a specific taste for something, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I could I could make that thing, you know. Um, and, and uh, you know, and then and, and if she actually enjoyed it, that was amazing right you know what i mean like that that mm -hmm. you know when somebody is is uh can only eat certain things or doesn't have taste for certain things and then there's something you can cook that they'll actually eat i mean that's that's it's a huge it you know it you know they're it's amazing so there's there's all kinds of you know so I, i'm and I, I i don't know i think about all the food she cooked for me and all the food my grandmother's cooked for me and and um and i i you know I. This is the this is the break your heart part of comics. That's what I was going to say. Right, I, I, I right. was going to ask about I mean, cooking how do you feel right being so vulnerable with this project? Because not only showing us like you know some of these intimate sides of you and your family life, but just for you working on it. <laughs> yeah, it's you know it's it's a lot, but it feels right. You know what I mean? Like, um, I think there are different times in our lives when we're ready to dive into this kind of stuff. Um, I mean, I'm I've always you know I, I've I, you know, I've kept journals and all that kind of stuff. I write a lot. And uh, so it's not like personal writing is unusual to, for me, but publicly released personal writing is fairly unusual. I mean, I've, <laughs> I've done a few, I mean, in recent years, I've done a few essays for different, like I wrote an essay about my uh, childhood D&D uh, &D obsession. And I wrote an essay about uh, poetry and, you know, like how I grew up with poetry, which was my mom's favorite thing that I wrote in the last oh. 10 years. Um, so like this kind of writing is not alien to me at all but but yeah i mean i and i i do i'm giving myself plenty of time to finish this book to write and finish it because i need to i need to write th this stuff and then sit away from it for a while and then come back to it you know what i mean to, to mm. make sure that it's i mean i think raw is good with this kind of writing but I need to I, I need to I need to give myself a little time to make sure this is uh, crafted the way it's you know the way it needs to be. right it's, you know what I mean like it's there, there's a 
it's a little, I mean, I put something to myself in everything I write, you know, like, uh, I, I, I mean, I am not, I'm not a dark Lord of the Sith, but there's something still, you know, like, like Darth Vader, those Darth Vader books, you know, like there's something about that whole thing that resonates with me. Um, and, uh, so, uh, and I think that's why we get hired because like people want to see our specific take on these different characters, even if they're, you know, they're, they're, uh, you know, company owned characters and all that kind of stuff. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's a whole, it's a whole nother thing when you're literally writing a first person. So, but again, it, it, it's also a thing that feels like this is, this is good and it's right. And, uh, it's where I want to be with this stuff. I think, and you know, how, I, sorry, go on. No, oh, no, no, I was just going to say, um, with this, uh, very personal, like, but creator owned, obviously project, like what's the difference in the editorial process when you're working on something like this compared to like, you know, when you jumped on Hulk back in the day, that book was not, you know, doing gangbusters so you got a little bit more elbow room and then something like star wars where i'm like i'm sure the editorial demands are a little bit more stringent no yeah well i mean with every uh so with every work for hire project i'm doing for a comics company like yes you're working with editors um and these are creative editors in this it's like old school hollywood where you had creative producers you know who were uh mm -hmm. you know who are really um a, a part of the whole thing and um and I love that, you know, it's uh, my editors are, I mean, they're my best creative friends next to the artists uh, in that they're, you know, like that, that's, that's a sounding board. I mean, I think it's easy to kind of be like, oh man, they're not gonna let me do what I wanna do, but <laughs> they're also, they're there to help and to help you figure out the best way to do it and to nudge you to get better with everything that you're doing and all of that. And, Absolutely. and it's, it's a, you know, tremendous experience. Um, uh, and with the Star Wars books, in addition to the Marvel editors, there's also the Lucasfilm people. So right. we're, we're <laughs> running stuff by them. And and um, that kind of stuff can get hairy when you're working with a licensor um, because they're juggling a lot of things. They've got a lot of different media. And um, and if the thing is supposed to be in continuity, they they got to, you know, really, yeah, I just really look at this thing closely. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, the Lucasfilm people have been amazing and they've given us these great, great kind of, you know, spaces to do real stories that actually matter. I mean, we're doing in this Darth Vader book. I mean, I'm, I'm just astounded by what, what they've let us do. We're doing this stuff that delves deep into the heart of the, of Darth Vader and to tell an actually emotionally resonant story that matters about Darth Vader. That's, I mean, drink <laughs> true, it's amazing. It's amazing. So, um, so that's, and, but so that's, you know, there's a lot of collaboration and um, and support you get from those editors, and and that's amazing. With something like this, I mean, I did a previous how-to book called Kickstarter Secrets, and I did not have an editor for that. I've done um, I've done other Kickstarter projects where we didn't have editors. I mean, I I, I did these kids books with Jonathan Colton based on uh, his Princess Who Saved Herself song, and and we did that without an editor, just because I mean, it, it we're kind of all giving you know each other feedback and all that kind of stuff with this. I mean, there is a possibility that I'll pull on an editor. I mean, I've thought about that. Um, right. And it kind of, you know, so I, I, I'm, that's something I'll need to, to, uh, you know, to wrap my head around. Like, is that some, I, if, in general, it's like my gut feeling on all this stuff is like, if, if I find somebody who I think is going to help make this better, then I'm going to try to find a way to do that. Um, I did creator own books at boom and uh, a huge part of, you know, 
uh, of making that decision to do it with them was that I met, you know, these editors who just got the projects and were amazing. And I knew, oh, if I do it with them, they're going to be better. That was Met Cadet, you and Ronan Island. Um, nice. So thrilled, you know, thrilled by that. So, um, so yeah, I mean, almost everything gets better when you have an editor. So maybe that's something I need to think about. Maybe that'll be a stretch goal. If we hit X amount, then I'll, 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 recruit, I'll recruit an editor. I'll make this thing better for y'all. How about that? If, if, if we make it, I'll, I'll let somebody else look at it before yeah, I show it to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah so I proof it, you know, make sure. I, no, but uh, it'll, I mean, this is also a challenging thing because there's a lot of different elements um, and, uh, you know, a, a lot of, you know, I'm going to have, some poetry and, and rose and comics and 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 you know interspersed with all these recipes and stuff and so to figure out the overarch the you know the arc of all of that um it it may help to have someone to bounce that off of so we'll see yeah i was seeing um like you had the little like comic strip with the robot characters cooking yeah. will they be like throughout the book like a coherent I... story or is it going to just be little vignettes that's a, that is a great question. I haven't I haven't cracked that yet. Um, I'm not I'm not sure. I'm gonna. That's one of the one of the fun challenges I'll have is to figure out how because that stuff that I've just drawn over the years that had something to do with food and it's like this. It feels like that can fit in. At the same time, right. is that the like that is that the aesthetic is that aesthetic going to work with everything else and mm. how is that how is that going to pull together? I'm not positive yet. I I mean. I'm confident that it will work, you know, but uh, but finding, you know, finding out exactly how that all fits together will be will be uh, will be a thing. Um, <laughs> I, I do think I'm, I'm going to I've got this plan, though, of drawing some new comics like instructional comics, basically educational comics about like how to cut up a chicken. Uh, stuff like, you know, like, like that kind of stuff for this, because I realize there's some parts, even people who like to cook don't always necessarily want to look at listening pictures of raw meat. And so Accurate. If, if, if I want to, I want to show how to cut up a chicken. Maybe the, the fun way to do that is to, is to, you know, do, uh, do simple line art. Uh, oh, please do. I do feel like the older I get, like even with YouTube and everything, but how to's are so like, you never know which how to's going to speak with you. So <laughs> speak directly to you. So yeah, yeah, any version of that is always helpful. Yeah. And people learn through all different ways too. And, uh, you know, like they talk about this in education, like they're visual learners and people who need to hear stuff, people need to see stuff written out, you know? So having a combination of all that is, is good. Absolutely. And I, I tend to prefer the visual to YouTube, uh, cooks. I, I like that a lot better. Yeah. I, I don't no idea why, because YouTube, <laughs> you can actually watch them make it, but, but I, I like the picture ones. I, yeah. I don't know what I'm, that's I'm, about. I'm also impatient. I'm, I'm lazy and impatient. So, uh, so like if I want to find out how to do something, I want to scroll fast. You know exactly. I mean? yeah. But yeah. Um, no, you guys are, uh, y'all are amazing. I really appreciate you having me on. I've, I'm actually coming up on my, uh, I've, I've got a, 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 a thing I got to jump onto here. No, uh, absolutely. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, if you, if you got anything else, let me know. Uh, other... All right. Is there anything, any like future work that you think will be coming up? Do you plan on doing oh. any comic books after this or any cookbooks after this? Well, I don't know if I'm going to do, I mean, another, gosh, I don't know if I'll do another cookbook. I, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe I'll do a second edition when I learn some more stuff. But um, uh, uh, I, of course, I've got a million comics uh, of course, know, in, yes. in the hopper. I, uh, 
I, I've, I'm being really open about this because, you know, just like I, I think it's it's fine to be a lazy cook and to cut ourselves some slack. I, I, <laughs> I, I think it's fine to admit that, you know what, the pandemic was hard as hell. And I was not one of these people who went into the pandemic and and like, you know, wrote 12 creator owned books and, and made great use of my time. I you know, <laughs> I took care of my family and I got over being sick. And you know what I mean? Like and I I I volunteered for, you know, for for charities and political campaigns that were seemed desperately important and i and i uh and i i, I freaking tried to get enough sleep so i wouldn't get sick again and you know what i mean like i, I, I maintained my friends absolutely know? um and, and that's great that's it fantastic is. and uh but but i am at the point where i'm starting to uh, kind of get back onto a lot of career own work um which is exciting and i mean of which comics will break your art is one but mm -hmm. i've got some other uh kind of exciting comics things that are in the hopper and hopefully we'll be announcing in the next uh next few weeks or months um uh inc yeah inc it, there's there's some creator own some work for hire stuff uh all of it is exciting i i definitely am gravitating stuff towards stuff that feel that's i more you know for lack of a better word more personal you know should we be looking towards more Kickstarter stuff or just like some um, of the indie, indie uh, labels? Yes, I do have a big Kickstarter project that we're hoping to launch middle of next year or, or sort of first half of next year. Um, so cool. uh, so I do have yeah uh, one more thing like that, at least. Uh, I got some stuff in other media that, fingers crossed, will end up, you know, getting getting the green light. So. We'll see, and uh, and and I'm I'm gonna be you know doing creative work in the kitchen as well, and uh, right <laughs> for you. So, uh, staying busy. We gotta right, get together well, uh, to to Greg's room at a con for uh, some culinary uh, a little culinary adventure <laughs> yeah, someday. <laughs> Rent out a kitchen somewhere and have people. There you go. That would be awesome. Have a little <laughs> lesson or a little uh, educational That'd thing. That would be so cool. Could you, could you imagine, like, like just to to get a booth at a con and like set it up with a with a, with an electric stove and actually cook on the con floor? I'm sure or, they or have do like a, a food stuff. truck outside the. Uh, outside oh my god! The, uh, it would be awesome. Oh my god, that would be amazing. That's it. Would be so cool. I've always wanted a con to have like a karaoke room, just like you know, nonstop. I some cons do actually. Yeah, but, so uh, sometimes like the anime yeah. ones more than comic ones. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. But, uh, but yeah, like a, uh, I'll put something in my head here now. I don't think <laughs> I can manage that. I'm, I'm sure there's too much permitting. I, yeah, I'd be too worried about poisoning people, uh, <laughs> as we've discussed. But, You've gone uh, this far, Greg. I know, I know. Anybody. I think you could do it. it you could take over an existing food truck and just give them rest. Exactly. Make sure their, 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 their liability insurance is enough. <laughs> I, yeah, hopefully I wouldn't have to be licensed personally <laughs> as a cook in that state. Oh God, I'm, I'm like creating all kinds of problems for myself for probably not happening. I'm not like, sorry, my, I'm my, sorry. Chest, my chest is tightening up. <laughs> like, oh no, I'm in trouble. No, 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 no. It's, it's an amazing idea. My God, that'd be so much fun. Yeah, I'll there just do go. it virtually. Just do it virtually. Sometimes. There you go. There you go. About that. Cook from your home, put a yeah, camera in. <laughs> yeah. Y'all are awesome. Really appreciate you. All right. Oh, thank, thank you, you thank so you much. Time, Greg. Well, thank you once again to Greg Puck for joining us on this wonderful interview. It was awesome. And uh, once again, the, the URL for that Kickstarter is going to be on the notes as well as on our page. Definitely donate. It looks really cool.
it's and it sounds really cool as well as you know you just listened to the interview and uh so darcy i know you you have something else kind of to close us out I thought a good way to close out and to kind of connect us to the interview and connect us to each other because, ah, cooking connections to people and wonderful love and everything (laughs) uh, would be to ask you guys a question that we asked in the interview, uh, which is what is your comfort food or sick food, the food you go to when you need something to sort of make yourself feel better. And we'll start with Brian. Well, I eat my emotions, so I have. Preach. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> I have plenty of uh, of uh, of answers to this. I think my my main answer is any type of macaroni and cheese. It could be everything from the craft box macaroni and cheese to homemade to the the casserole with like the the crumbles on the top. Like mm. they all are you know, different and they all have different textures and tastes and everything. But yeah, that's, it's kind of something if I see it or if I'm having a stressful day, that's something I kind of crave. So that would probably be my main answer to this. That or a bacon cheeseburger. Cause you just can't beat a bacon cheeseburger. They're pretty mm. good. <laughs> Carrie. So we were actually talking about this on the way home from work. Um, I am, how do I say this? I crave certain tastes and it's usually of a condiment. So it's not like the, the meat or whatever. Um, my mouth is watering actually thinking about it. So my comfort food is basically a tortilla in various forms. It can be fried, it can be mm. soft, it can be hard as a conveyance to give something with chile, like something spicy in my mouth. So nachos chips and salsa uh burritos it doesn't matter what it just has to be torch and sometimes literally it's just chile and tortilla <laughs> at my house so that's my i'm at my mouth is straight like i can smell chile and i can taste it and my mouth is salivating like i want it so bad right now but that <laughs> is what that is what i usually go for and that's just because we grew up like that. You know, like we'd get home yeah. from school and my dad would be like, oh, here's a tortilla with chile in it. And then we'd eat it. And so it's just, it's always been something. And when we were poor in San Diego, Brian didn't realize how many ways you could have tortillas. Yes. <laughs> so it was definitely one of those things. I became a big fan of the, uh, the hot dog with the tortilla oh, yeah. as the bun, as, you know, you wrap Because it was all we could afford. Yep. I respect it. I mean, yeah. I don't. I'm not going to eat tortilla hot dogs. I'm not a huge fan of hot dogs. If I have tortillas, I'm going to do a billion other things with them before I'll put a hot oh, dog no. in them. But I respect a tortilla. It was gonna be- I love a good hot dog, so I'm definitely here for the tortilla hot dog. <laughs> well, it's going to be that or Chef Boyardee for the fifth line in a row. So I'm, I'm all about the, uh, <laughs> it. Was, it was definitely a good thing to have. Love it. Or Richard? the, um, oh, sorry. Good. Or, or the tortilla with just butter on it as well. Melted butter on a tortilla as well. Mm. It's, it's, it's uh, the poor man's ice cream. So good. It's a good dessert. <laughs> Richard? That'll work. Um, <laughs> as, far as, as far as comfort food, I guess I'd go up. I can always go for a good chicken soup if I'm not feeling good. Like uh, mm. when I was a kid, that was my breakfast mo- most mornings. Like instead of eggs or cereal or something, I just have like a, a can of uh, Campbell's chicken noodle soup. So now, like, I mean, I'll have Campbell's if that's what's available. But if there's anywhere where like they're making 
fresh chicken soup, like I'm all in. Or if I'm having a day where I'm feeling a little bit under the weather or just kind of like, just not great, chicken soup will put me right back in the game. Nice. Uh, one of the fun things is that at my job, when I used to work overnight, so we did rotisserie chickens for dinner and then whatever we didn't sell, you'd pull all that chicken off the bone, use the bones to make broth. And then the, uh, the pulled chicken, you would either use it in quesadillas or you'd use it in chicken soup and it'd have a nice, you know, that mm-hmm. nice mm-hmm. uh rotisserie flavor to it mm-hmm. and 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 now i work in the morning so we only have breakfast uh, mm-hmm. that. <laughs> Sad. Sad. That's, still that sounds really good yeah actually that does really, really nice. <laughs> it does all right to answer for myself i guess yes. mm-hmm. um i kind of have a hard split like childhood like pre-thailand post-thailand so for most of my life, my comfort food, sick food, like I have like really vivid memories, kind of like Carrie. It was, a, a do you call butter a condiment? <laughs> Whatever yeah, butter it, is. It's a life source. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's yes. It's so like if I were sick, uh, my mom would come and she would put her hand on my forehead and she would go, oh, Darcy, you feel terrible. You're so hot do you feel okay what do you want to eat and I would either say a butter potato or tortilla and butter like you said your poor man's ice cream or whatever (laughs) for me it was I'm sick and that's all I can eat either a butter potato or tortilla and butter and so for the longest time anytime I was like ill or anytime I felt sad like that's my sad food I would just Mm -hmm. make potato with butter or tortilla and butter and it was just that's that's was my sad food <laughs> and it is kind of sad food and it's food when I'm sad mm-hmm. um and it's food when I'm sick because it's real easy to eat and it doesn't really mm-hmm. upset you or whatever but it's a lot about the butter right it is also it's tortillas are excellent and potatoes are excellent yes. and they're good with butter <laughs> <laughs> um when I got to Thailand and got sick for the first time and my friend was like god you look like shit uh here (laughs) um (laughs) what she gave me was uh cow tom which is uh Thai rice soup Mm. which is the best food in the world when you're sick (laughs) Uh, a lot of Asian countries do congee uh which is like uh rice porridge and they put the rice in a little bit earlier and it like the gluten, which uh, Greg talks about this uh, as, as a sick food that he kind of grew up with and the gluten like makes it mushy mm-hmm. as kind of like a porridge. A Thai rice soup, they put in the rice later, like at the end. And so it doesn't do that. Uh, the rice granules are separate. They're not as mushy. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, it's like a, uh, a vegetable broth or a chicken broth there's chilies in it there's lemongrass in it uh green onions maybe some shallots maybe some uh cilantro um lots of garlic salt pepper um and then maybe some i always had pork uh some people do shrimp which i hate and i can't imagine eating when sick but i some people do and you know good on them um and then like you pour in rice at the very end you know like rice from the night before or whatever and it's just it's like chicken noodle soup it's the best thing it like opens mm. up your nose and 
settles your stomach. It's just now, anytime I get sick and I've only been sick twice since I got home, thank goodness. You put a little bit of lime on the top. Mm. Oh, it's just the best thing. My mouth is watering. So warm and so soothing. And so it's got all these different flavors in it. So flavorful. And it's, it's really easy to make because it's just broth and rice and a bunch of like random spices and you can mm-hmm. make it in a lot of different ways, but it's also got, you know, chilies in it. So it's got a pop to it, which I like. Yeah, that sounds but really I'll, good. But I'll still make a butter potato. <laughs> when I'm sad. <laughs> I think both could go well with each other. What? Both the butter potato and, a, and the soup, but they would, they would work together. So maybe both. Your extra set, and, and you know, like nothing's better at like three a.m., four a.m. when you just need mm-hmm. something fast than like tortillas in yeah. in the microwave. You know, they microwave up fast in like twenty seconds. That's, so Carrie's laughing because this is what fr- I guess. Brian and I have a distinct way of like heating up our tortillas in my in my family in our house. No, we keep use, in mind, I do it this way now. Yeah, he the does way it she's this about way to now. But he, I do it this way. We use the grill or the comal so that way you, it heats up and you do your tortillas on it evenly. You, you put, and, for a quesadilla, you have one tortilla cheese and yeah, then, you and then like top you, and then you flip it. Yeah, and so you... you well, I do that down. for a quesadilla, sure. Yeah, yeah. But, but this Brian, is the quesadillas I grew up with. Brian made <laughs> quesadillas when he was younger. This is what my mom told me was a quesadilla, by the way. Oh. <laughs> oh, it's basically a rolled up tor- soft tortilla with shredded cheese in the middle. And then you might like you nuke it, it it's for like 30 a seconds. Cheese burrito is what it is. Yeah. And sometimes she would put butter on the tortilla first and then put the cheese on there. So yesterday, last night, I we, we just came home from a road trip and we were both really tired and, and I was hungry. So I, I threw two of those in there. They weren't the greatest, actually. They're not as good as I remember them. That's why I didn't say that was my comfort food, because it's definitely not. But I should I should have went the extra mile and went with the griddle, but I didn't. It's okay. I, so, yeah. Cheese, you know, burrito, cheese roll up? Yeah, but like it's literally cheese a cheese roll up. up. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. You know, quesadilla, you need a griddle, but, yeah. like, if you're just gonna put butter on a tortilla, you can put tortillas in the microwave for definitely. 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. You don't need to get out the griddle for that. I just thought about it. I've never made a quesadilla at home. And that's like the simplest thing you could make. Like I've made burritos at home. I've made tacos at home. I've never made a quesadilla at home. I'm like, oh, wow. It takes like two seconds. Why have I never done that? And the ingredients are always here. They're so much easier to make for me than like I, I like a grilled cheese but quesadillas are easier. So I'll make quesadillas way more often than a grilled cheese. If I wake up and I want, if I'm in a spicy mood, I will make so bean and spicy. cheese burritos for breakfast. Mm. And then I, I just eat it with Gina. But it, yeah, it's either like. Or beans and chorizo as well. As oh, chorizo. Okay, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm like. Sorry. I'm glad we ate, yeah, we ate before we this. We did. <laughs> but we're, <laughs> we're so fat that we're like, oh my God, all this food sounds so good right now. Yeah. I'm just going to keep eating. Um, well, when you keep talking about tortillas, so I got to ask, okay. Flour or corn? Is your both. Problem. Both. It really depends on the food. It depends on the food. Yeah, yeah. But if 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 you were gun to your head, so it was like flour or corn, which one would you choose? Which white corn? Or white corn? Oh, flour. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I'm bigger, and I can put more things in them. I would have to go for a big corn tortilla. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, tortillas. Yeah, I'm going to name our first daughter Tortilla. Tortilla. <laughs> You're such right. a millennial. <laughs> yes. Well, the avocado toast. I'll bring that back. No, it's fine. I used to be very big on like, oh, like, oh, that person doesn't have a real name. I was like, and now as an adult, I'm like, nope, all these names are made up. If that's the name you want to give your kid, God bless. Enjoy. At least no, they'd know how to spell tortilla. <laughs> all right. I was, exactly. I, I'm like, it's no sillier than Richard. So feel free enjoy yeah. it it's just it's just a bunch of sil- like sounds and syllables just put together and that's <laughs> yeah, you know that's true. what's yeah no, i i use i use well like when celebrities would have weird kid names or you know if someone had a name that like you know people were like oh that's good i'd be like oh god why don't you have normal and the, like no 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 i was wrong <laughs> name your kid whatever you want <laughs> yeah as long as you're happy they're happy are the enjoy. kids happy though <laughs> as long as you're not a boy oh no 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 the kid's happy up until he goes to school and gets picked on yeah but that's a <laughs> that's a bridge to ca- cross in a different time exactly. but just like a boy named sue they'll, they'll just become a lot stronger person right <laughs> do you know who wrote that song like no um oh shell silverstein wrote a boy oh named really sue. yes that's kind of crazy I just think, you know, where does that walk ends? Also, boy name Sue. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys have anything else you want to talk about with comfort food or anything else like that? Comfort beverage. Oh, yes. Dr. Pepper. Nice. Richard? Ginger ale. Really? I love yeah. ginger ale. That's a good one, Brian. Actually, ginger ale. <gasps> I would have to say. Really? As well. Like a diet ginger ale, though. I'm, I'm already sweet enough, so I, I don't need more sugar oh, <laughs> i'm also hyper. my gosh i'm sorry i almost passed out from bullshit <laughs> oh my I'm, I'm shoveling over here coffee yeah coffee yeah ginger yeah. ale I would have to we need to go to couples therapy yeah. i don't even know you anymore <laughs> oh my God. i don't even no, know me joking. anymore being stupid Okay. <laughs> this is the last episode of the year. I'm just saying. No, no, no. We're fine. We lost yeah. a co-host before. We can lose another. One. I'm not sure. Oh. Wh- I'm not sure which one of you I'm losing, but I'm fine. I would We've got Richard. Yeah, I would uh, say that. I'm around. I, I feel like the podcast would be fine going forward. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go hang out with my dog then. Oh, <laughs> oh. All right. Okay. Well, I think that's probably it then for the for the show. Don't worry, we'll be back next week. Um, <laughs> Finger, fingers crossed. Yes. <laughs> so we have uh, reached the end of the show, and thank you to everyone as always listening to the show. Email us any questions or comments at comments are better at gmail.com. Instagram and Twitter is CDB Pod. Website is comicsisarebetter.wordpress.com. I can't do W's today. No, I'm going to say those W's yeah. today. <laughs> Before we start recording, I could not say war, World War One or, or World War Two. There we go. Like, Yay. Yeah. So, so better.wordpress.com where you can request a subject for a future show. So don't forget to follow, rate, and tell a friend about the podcast. And uh, Darcy, where can we find you? I have no clue. I've forgotten everything. Um, I am at books underscore serial on Twitter at books and serial dot wordpress dot com. Uh, still, um, actually, I haven't listened to the most recent uh, 
old man Hawkeye, but I will. It just popped up yesterday, so I'll listen to it probably. <sighs> yeah, I, I I listened to the first episode with Kate Bishop. That was pretty cool. That's that's as far as I am right now. Cool. So. I'm happy for you. Did you like <laughs> yeah, her? You. Yeah, I did actually. I, I, I yeah, did. I like the actress is good. The in the introduction of how she she's introduced into the into the story too is pretty cool. Absolutely. Yeah. So sorry. Wait, there's an old man Hawkeye audiobook. Yes. Yeah, uh, podcast. Yeah. Oh. Wastelanders. Oh. Uh, there was a Wastelanders old man Star Lord, and now there's old man Hawkeye. It's pretty good so far. Kind mm-hmm. of. Oh. Definitely. I might have to check that out. Awesome. It's and it's yeah, it's free. Uh, you're a couple weeks behind if you don't pay for it, but don't pay for it. That works. <laughs> I, I accidentally forgot to unsubscribe before I did, <laughs> so Ooh. I have paid for it. But <laughs> that's tough. It's only like five dollars. Oh, Actually, that's not no, bad. I think it was ten. But <laughs> it's what's done is done. <laughs> Pretty good though. Um, so, all right. Well, Richard, where can we find you as well? Uh, I'm basically at TopCat360 on all platforms. And, uh, you know, I might repost something interesting or I might be completely silent. You got to follow <laughs> to find out. <laughs> I'm a serious. I'm going to, uh, uh, and if you go to uh, Brighton2814 on Twitter or Brighton underscore CB, I'm going to put clues to find my vast treasure. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, for 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 Richard Darcy and Carrie, I'm Brian, and this has been the Comics Are Better podcast. And remember, as always, comics are better, and everyone deserves comics. Thank you. Bye, Bye everyone. Bye. Goodbye. Okay. Just do 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 do. <laughs> okay. Give yourself room to cut. <laughs> Cut this out. Um, no, no. I, I say we sit in silence for what is it like fifty three minutes? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Just for integrity of the entire, like, I, I totally agree. Thank you very much. Uh, okay. All right. I'm gonna welcome everyone back now.